Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Pornography is a perfectly legal form of adult entertainment in America, and it's now a billion-dollar business. But what about children? Without strict controls, the Internet has become a gateway for very young children to access pornography. Now, in a new online ad, a group of porn stars have teamed up with two eight-year-old boys to send a wake-up call to parents that many of us have no idea what our kids are looking at online. The man behind that ad is Craig Gross, the founder of TripleXChurch.com, and I'm delighted to say he joins us now. Craig, are you exaggerating for the sake of impact here? How big is this really in terms of children? How big a problem is it? Oh, I don't think we're exaggerating one bit. I mean, the, the issue is massive. They estimate that roughly 90% of kids will see porn online before their ages of, of 16, most of them uh, while doing homework. And so this isn't, you know, the sex industry is massive, but the amount of kids that are seeing this, um, it, I mean, it's staggering. 11 is the average age that someone sees porn online. But isn't the truth that, and I'm sorry to embarrass you, but didn't you, as you were growing up, have a look at the odd dirty magazine. Wasn't it almost a rite of passage? What's the big deal here? I think the big deal here is what I had to go searching uh, hard to find. I mean, it was, wasn't available. Now, what we show in this commercial is just misspelling words, and you're bombarded with pornography. So it's not a matter of having to search for it anymore. You have to work really hard to avoid it. And that's why you know, we're trying to tell parents, first of all, uh, wake up. I mean, you've got to get a clue of what your kids are doing online. And they're spending hours uh, online, and they're going to come across this stuff. Do you think most parents have no idea? Oh, most parents are clueless. I mean, yesterday it was announced, uh, Facebook announced that actually uh, over seven and a half million people on Facebook are under the age of 13, five million of those under the age of 10. And they said, you know, it's not really on Facebook, it's on the parents. What, what parent, where are the parents when your kids are nine years old on Facebook or surfing the internet um, with, with nobody watching? All right, parents, uh, here is your wake-up call. I'm glad you came back for this kind of final message in our series, Elephant in the Room. And we're really talking today about how to teach your kids about sex and touchy subjects like pornography, because they're already talking about it, at school, online, and with friends. And we said last week, your job as a Christian parent is to get there first, to actually lay the foundation for clear biblical teaching on God's design for a healthy sexuality. In a perfect world, parents would teach our kids first, and then the church would support that. And then together, we would uh, lock arms and equip our kids with this biblical perspective on sexuality. Unfortunately, that's not how it goes, does it? Children today are increasingly uh, introduced to it through the web, YouTube videos, music, social media. And that's why the subject is often twisted in a way that God never intended. And so in many ways, parents, I, this is kind of a call to you. We have to reclaim this conversation. It is critical for us to step up uh, and take responsibility for leading our families well. So today's message is how to talk to your kids about sex and touchy subjects. And this is going to be two parts. Um, uh, last week was the first part. And this week, the second part, we're going to package for you into a two-CD resource. We're going to give to all parents at Liquid Church because uh, we believe every mom and dad 
Every grandma and grandpa need to cooperate on a game plan for talking about our, uh, these things with our kids. So today, I'm going to actually, uh, you're in for a treat because I'm going to invite my wife, Colleen, up here uh, to talk a little bit and share from a wife and a mother's perspective. So you are in for a treat. But just a reminder, this is a PG-13 series, so we're going to use terms today like penis, vagina, orgasm, stuff like that. So parents, just use discernment, obviously, if your kids are under age 13. We said it's a matter of emotional maturity, so you know them best. It's funny, after last week's service, someone came up and said, well, Pastor Tim, I'll give you this, you're not shy. Uh, you know, I've... And, uh, and they said, well, you know, how did you get so comfortable talking about this kind of stuff? And the reality is it's crazy because I grew up in a home where you didn't talk about this stuff, okay, in polite company and certainly not in church. And let me tell you, the silence was deafening because our generation was bombarded with messages about sex growing up on MTV, commercials, movies, billboards. And the only message I got at church was one word, no, 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 no. Don't do it, no, until you're married, then you flip a switch, yes, but no, until then, you know? But modern life is a little bit more nuanced than that. So fast forward 30 years, and our kids today are literally exposed to over 10,000 sexually themed messages every week. That's reality. So we're raising our kids now in Corinth, and what that means, mom and dad, is you need to remove the stigma. See, Christian parents are sometimes shy or to talk about this for like fear of shame or embarrassment. Newsflash, neither of those are from God. Did you know that? Shame is not from God. That's, that was not part of his original plan for sexuality. In fact, if you go back to the very beginning in the garden, your parents, your first parents, Adam and his wife Eve were both naked and they felt what? Say it together. No shame. So understand, shame is a result of living in a broken world that's been twisted by sin and the fall. But as people now who have been forgiven and redeemed by Jesus Christ, we have freedom to talk about these things with great confidence, especially sex, since it is God's invention. Your heavenly father gave sex as a gift to your parents, and now you as a parent, you're to pass it on to your children, so you don't need to be embarrassed. In fact, God says sex is such a pure and powerful symbol. It's a symbol of the love that Jesus has for us, his church. So when you see a healthy marriage to people on earth, and that includes intimacy, it's supposed to remind you of the big marriage in heaven, your intimacy with Christ. That's God's outlook on the issue, not mine, okay? So you need to remove the stigma. You need to have candid, shame-free dialogue with your kids about this issue. And I'm trying to model that for you, and my wife Colleen and I will do that today. The reason I want to talk about the elephant in the room is that I'm just tired of the world steering the conversation. So parents, so you understand that, right? The bands your kids listen to, the actors they watch, the movies they like, the music they listen to, those artists don't feel afraid or embarrassed to talk with your kids about sex, though they should. They send messages every moment of every single day to your kids about sex. So I'm like, we got to beat them to the punch, and that's why I'm like, I'm not pulling any punches, okay? So parents, today, we're going to step up, we're going to lock arms and reclaim the conversation as God's people. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 5. Last week, we grounded this teaching in an amazing passage on wisdom for how to approach this issue with our kids. In Proverbs 5, some of you were like, I can't believe that's in there. We were introduced to a father who initiates a candid conversation with his son about sex and pornography. He tackles this subject head on with wisdom, with truth, and with the heart of a father. Now, his son is young. We don't know exactly how old he is. We don't know if he took the boy out for breakfast at a diner. We don't know if he and his son are throwing a football in the backyard. We don't know. But all we know is his dad calls a timeout and he says, my son, pay attention to my what? To my wisdom. Turn your ear 
to my words of insight that you may maintain discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. So dads, moms, I want you to imagine sitting down with your son or you're sitting down with your daughter. You know, dad, it could be at the ball game, you know, or an overnight camping trip. Or mom, you go out to the, you know, you go out to the, the shopping or to the nail salon for mani-pedi, whatever it is, okay? And this father says, son, I want to have a little talk with you. Man to man, I'm going to, I'm going to drop some knowledge, okay? I want to give you wisdom as you grow into a young adult. And his approach is as simple as A, B, C. Last week, what we talked about is what is the appropriate age at which to talk about these issues with your kids? Because you got to start very young, younger than you think probably. And how does that evolve as they grow into their tweens and teendoms? And then he sets boundaries for his boy. He actually says, these are things that we need to put into your life to safeguard you as, you as you grow into adult. And today, we're gonna look at this candid conversation he has with his son. Again, this is based in scripture. In the Hebrew culture, he has this very open conversation with his child without embarrassment. He talks with wisdom, with insight, with discretion, and with knowledge. And that's what any wise parent needs. Now, look at this straight talk he has with his son. Again, if you weren't here last week, just a quick review. The main verse, he says, The lips of the adulterous woman drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end, she's as bitter as what? Gall. You know what gall is? Gall's poison. All right. So he basically is saying, hey, son, at some point you're going to come across porn, okay? It's probably not going to be magazines for your generation. It's probably going to be clicking on a link while you're doing your homework. A pop-up ad comes. There's a spam email. Uh, could be something you see on YouTube. And you know what? When you see it, it's going to attract you like bees to honey, okay? But if you fall for it, it's going to be bitter as gall. In other words, porn is poison. It literally will warp your mind. It will come to dominate your thoughts. And left unchecked, this can control your life. So here's my advice, young lad. Keep to a path far from her. Verse 8. Do not go near the door of her house. In other words, parents, what are the entry points in your home? From computers to smartphones to screens. Son, I don't want you to click on the link. I don't want you to open that email. Lest you lose your honor, your integrity to others, and your dignity to one who's cruel. And you see, what the dad's doing here is he's setting very clear boundaries for his boy about what's acceptable and what's not. Last week, we talked about the wisdom of keeping computers in a public place in your home because a kid alone with a screen in his bedroom is like a loaded gun. We talked about installing uh, filters on laptops, on TVs, and games, and social media. Uh, glad to hear many of you are doing this. I heard from a lot of you this week, although be warned, no filter is foolproof, okay? Kids today can always find a workaround for any filter or firewall that you have. So if you block Snapchat, they will go migrate to Yik Yak. What that means is if they join Yik Yak, you join Yik Yak. Some of you first just need to find out what is Yik Yak. I get it. You're like, I don't even know what that is, man. The big idea is you need to stay engaged. There are so many entry points in your home for porn and predators to exploit but it's your responsibility to set these boundaries. Now, I won't review all the boundaries we discussed. You can get the, the CD from last week if you missed. But suffice to say, moms and dads, you have to initiate this conversation sooner rather than later. What is inappropriate viewing, inappropriate touching as early as age five or six to prevent sexual abuse? That's the age at which your kids typically start school. I received, if you're like, oh, that's very early, Tim. I, my kid lives in this little like bubble and I don't want to harm their innocence. 
I want to share with you an email I received this week that underscored this reality. Last week I said, hey, send me questions about touchy topics. I'll talk about a few today. But this email is from a grandma in our liquid congregation at one of our campuses. And she wrote, Pastor Tim, this morning's message on how to talk to our kids about sex and porn was really hard for me. It took everything in my being to stay seated and not run out as my heart was broken all over again. You see, my granddaughter was recently molested in her kindergarten class over a period of several months by a six-year-old classmate. My son and his wife are strong Christians and do a wonderful job of parenting their three children. They taught their kids about inappropriate touching and to tell if anybody ever tried to touch them inappropriately. So when my daughter started getting in trouble for acting up in class and started wetting her pants, we were confounded. We tried everything, but nothing was working. Then one day, my son got a call from the kindergarten teacher saying my daughter had been molested by a boy in her class. And then she writes, here's the important part. My granddaughter had been telling the teacher that the boy had been touching her. And the teacher never thought to ask, where is he touching you? She just assumed it was something minor and never pursued it. If my granddaughter had known to say the words, he's touching my vagina, that certainly would have gotten the teacher's attention. Children are so impressionable at this age, and the boy used threats like, if you tell, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. Clearly, something was very wrong in this young child's life, and he was being exposed to molestation himself. My point is this, Pastor Tim. While parents may not feel comfortable using direct language with their kids about sex, we absolutely must do this. We must use words like penis and vagina, as you did in the service today, when we talk about kid with our, to our kids about sex and inappropriate behavior. We can't afford to whitewash it just because we're uncomfortable using direct language with our kids. Thank you for this series on porn and, more importantly, how to protect our children. You have my permission to use any or all of this note if it helps bring awareness to, uh, to parents and grandparents. And she says, you know, protect my granddaughter. I only ask that she remove my name. You understand, this is what we're dealing with, okay? Sexual abuse is satanic and is impacting kids as young as kindergarten. So parents, you have to hit the elephant head on to safeguard your sons and your daughters. Our pastors got together this week. We prayed for this family and this little girl. In fact, I'd like to pray for her right now. Can we do that? Let's just pray. Father God, we, our heart, Lord, we just, it wrecks our heart, but I know, God, how it impacts yours. And so I just pray right now for the Holy Spirit to pour out healing and restoration for this little girl and her parents, Father God. Would you protect all of our families by your Holy Spirit? Lord, just like this grandma requested, Lord, we ask that maybe by sharing just this one story, it may spare one child and one family from the heartache described here. I ask that you now would bless our conversation and our learning, anoint it with the Holy Spirit, illuminate our eyes, show us what we must do, move us to action in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. All right. That's, I, know I, was, I was debating, should I share that? Because that's heavy. That's heavy stuff, right? So kind of, all right, take a deep breath, because here's what I want to do. I want to turn the ship and go in a more positive direction, because we can't just focus on horror stories when talking about our kids about sexuality. If you want to give a child a healthy view of sex, you need more than negative messaging. It can't just be no, 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 no. This, that's what the parent in Proverbs does. Look at verse 18 here in Proverbs 5, and you'll see dad moves beyond like the damage that he talks to his son about and gives his son this incredibly uplifting vision of how beautiful and fulfilling an intimate relationship with his future spouse can be. Look at this in verse 18. He says, son, all right, here we go. Ready, son? May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. He's like, you're going to be married someday. You're going to have a hot young wife. This is going to be great. All right, boy. 
a loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breath satisfy you always, and may you be ever intoxicated with her love. Isn't that, isn't that cool? After putting boundaries in place at what appropriate age, right, the father paints this picture about, his, about the beauty of married sex for his son. He's like, son, it's going to be amazing. One man, one woman, for one lifetime, free to explore and enjoy. And then he talks about breasts. If you're 14 years old, you're like, preach it, dad. Go, give me, you know, give me more, right? And this is important. You got, got to get this. It's important you teach your kids that sex is not a sin. You understand this? Sex is not dirty. Sex is a gift from God to mommies and daddies. And you need to illustrate how fulfilling this is in its rightful place. So Colleen and I want to share with you how we've talked about this with our two kids. Because we have a 10-year-old boy who kind of is sometimes like an 8-year-old. And then we have a 12-year-old girl who's more like a 15-year-old at times. And over the summer, Colleen and I, we want to be very intentional about initiating a conversation with them about both the dangers and the beauty of sex as well. And so we have learned a lot, let me tell you, over the summer. Uh, parents, if you're taking notes, I want to share kind of a, uh, just a little outline with you of kind of eight great tips for teaching your kids about sex and touchy subjects. These are in your notes. And the first thing I recommend is that you talk about it while doing something they love. Uh, it's not, let's, let's sit down and have the talk now about sex. My son, Dell, just started fifth grade, and he loves to go fishing, okay? That's his deal. Lakes, oceans, doesn't matter. If there's a fish, he wants to pull the thing out. And so as a father and son, this has kind of become our thing. And I figured, hey, uh, over uh, the summer we were down the shore on vacation, I said, perfect, we'll go fishing. And he's 10, and, and because he's, at 10 years old, he's increasingly spending time online with his friends, gaming. It's moving past Legos to more like Minecraft and stuff. And we have the filters, but understand, we get at some point, he's going to be exposed to something, and I want to prep him. So I take him out one afternoon, just me and him fishing for fluke. That's, that's my son's favorite fish, flounder, okay? So we're down the shore in Ocean City, and we go to a bait shop, and, and, and they're like, oh, you're going to need like a pink, you know, a, a rig here, you know, they go fishing for fluke, they're really hitting on this, you know. And so we do some surf fishing down, down the shore. And it's funny, because we're standing there, and we kind of cast things in the water, and I open with a question. I'm like, uh, it, it, no, I got a question for you. He's like, yeah? I go, do you know what porn is? And he's like, what? I go, porn. He's like, corn? No, porn. Porn. Okay, never mind. I go, have you ever, have you ever seen anything pornographic? I go, you know, you know what pornographic means? You, do you know what graphic, what a graphic is? And he's like, yeah, it's a picture. I go, right. So porn means flesh. So it's a picture of flesh, typically people's private parts. Have you ever seen anything pornographic online? And he's quiet, you know. He's like, I, you know, I got a little nibble on my pole, I think. You know, it's very important that you do, particularly for guys, an activity that you both enjoy because it's less intimidating. When you don't have to make eye contact, look at me. You're just kind of doing, we're just, we're just fishing, you know? And so I see he's not going to bite on this. And so I'm just like, look, I'll tell you my story. When I was 10 years old, son, that's when I first saw porn. And I told him the story I told you guys, you know, how I first came across magazines in the woods. And he's like, where did you find that? I was like, by grandma and grandpa's house with my friend Harry from next door. And he's like, uh, he goes, yeah, I think I saw something one time. I go, well, what was it? He goes, it was a pop-up ad. And I said, what did it say? And he goes, it didn't say anything, but... There's a picture of some lady without a bra, Dad. I was like, wow. And there's nobody else for miles on the beach. And he just goes, you could see her boobs, he says, right? And I go, so what did you do? And he goes, I closed the window. I, I, you know, hit the X. I closed the window. I go, dude, awesome. I give him a high five. You're smart. You know, you can always tell Daddy if you see something like that. Because that's actually the way porn works. You know, it's a trap. Now, at this point, we're reeling in, you know, to cast it out. And this was like a Holy Spirit moment, you know, because we're going to put more mackerel on the thing. And I go like this. I go, he goes, trap, what do you mean? I go, it's like that. It's like the hook, right? 
I go, it's kind of like this. I go, can you see the hook in here? Can you see it? And he's like, no, it's hidden. I go, exactly. That's how porn works. So you get the pop-up ad, but what's inside is a hook like this. And if you click on it, boom, what happens? And he's like, you get a hook in your hand? I was like, no, what happens? Why does the, why does the flounder bite on this thing, Dal? And he goes, he goes they, they, are, they are powerless against pink feathers, because that's what the bait shop said. He's like, he's like Rain Man with this sort of thing. They're powerless, you know? I go, exactly. And so it kind of shakes his tail, and then if the hook gets it, you know, the fish, go, boom, what happens? And he goes, you got him in the mouth. You can take him anywhere. I go, that's exactly right. I go, well, what are you going to do? He goes, we're going to reel him in. I'm going to control him. I go, exactly. And that's exactly what porn is. You see, son, when it pops up in your face and you click on the link, you grab it, you take the bait, and now you've got a hook in your mouth. And guess what? It will control you. And it was amazing because he's like, he's like, so don't take the bait. I'm like, yes, that's the idea. Preach it, son. It's amazing, you know? And so it's so funny because I'm like, I'm all proud. I'm like, oh, we have, we're having an amazing talk here. And we're sitting there and he's quiet for like a couple minutes and he's like, hmm, good sermon, dad. You know, I'm like, oh, come on, come on, you know? And he changed the subject, which is fine, okay? Your kids will let you know when they have had enough, okay? But the cool part is about 20 minutes later, guess what happens, right? He's like, oh, they're not hitting. He puts it out there. Boom, he hooks a 14-inch flounder. And we're like going crazy. This is the, the hunt. And I took that as like a sign of God's blessing, right? I'm just like, you know, because I didn't plan that stuff. I just took a risk. I'm like, God, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to have this conversation while doing something he loved. And you know what? God honors that. He's going to remember this. And that's my point. Talk about it while doing something you both love. So there's a positive association. Uh, dads, maybe it is football. Maybe it is when you go on that overnight camping trip. Moms, if, it's, you know, if you like to go shopping with your daughter or you go out for Starbucks or you go get a manicure together. When you do, you ask questions. That's tip number two. I must have asked 10 different questions in our conversation. Each one was simply designed to lead to the next. You know, I said, do you know what porn is? Uh, you know, have you seen it? What did you do? How did it make you feel? Questions are less intimidating to kids. It makes it easier to raise a subject naturally. So ask questions, let them ask questions, and understand, I get it, it's gonna be okay. Kids are naturally curious. They're gonna send you a curveball, they're gonna ask like things that you didn't anticipate. We're driving home, you know, we're gonna tell about the flounder, and he's like, Dad, do flounders have sex? And I'm like, I, yeah, I think so. And he's like, does the flounder have a penis? I was like, I do not know that answer. <laughs> tell them if you don't know, and don't freak out, okay? You know that, you know, the stay calm and carry on? You just ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. The idea here is that these questions are going to kickstart a lifelong conversation with your child. That's what I'm hoping with my son, that it will lead to more questions in this back and forth dialogue into his tweens, then into his teens, and then college 20s and young adulthood. So don't feel the pressure to talk about it all at once. Talk about it again and again and again. Tip number three, have ongoing talks plural, not the talk, talks over time. Our parents grew up in a generation that emphasized having the talk. How many of you were exposed to the talk, right? Typically a one-way monologue that involves some sketchy pamphlet, you know, and some awkward talk about the birds and the bees. And then afterward, mom or dad are like, whoo, glad that is over. Check it off the list, right? My work here is done. I will never talk about this again. If you think, parents, you're going to have one big sex talk and make an impact, you are kidding yourself. It is not a one-time talk. It is an ongoing dialogue that lasts for the rest of their life. You are opening a conversation with one goal, that you are the safest person on earth to talk about this stuff with. And you talk about it again and again. And this is hard. Because if you're like me, you'd prefer to have one giant talk 
that packs every bit of info you know into one giant nuclear warhead and just drop that thing, right? And just like, here it is, and then we're not going to talk about it anymore. But you and I know better. There are too many layers to this conversation, and you have to give your kids small doses of information over time. So understand, it's not this one-time event. It is a series of talks you're going to have with your kids over and over again. And be careful, therefore, not to overwhelm them. Never shame, never embarrass your child. Rather, ask great questions, speak frankly, and then you just wait for the next opportunity to present itself. That's what happened with my son two weeks ago, actually, when we started the series. So I take him out of school early on a Friday, don't judge me, to go fishing, all right? We have a friend who lives in Sparta uh, uh, to go bass fishing, Uncle Bob up there. And I pick him up, he's excited, fishing again, big bonder for us. And we have a little ritual, when we go up to, to, to Sparta, we stop by, there's a 7-Eleven, and he gets a Slurpee, and we get snacks and all that. And so we're standing in the checkout line, and this is amazing. Only God can do this thing. And literally, this Cosmo magazine is there. You know, I've showed you these magazines that are like at CVS and stuff. It's sitting there, and he goes, Dad. I go, what? What's up? He just goes, goes, points to this. I go, what? And he just goes, pornographic. (laughs) Right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sort of. I go, what's crazy is it's actually not pornographic in the sense of, right, she's clothed. So what's pornographic about it? Ask another question. He goes, look at the headline. And it says, there's some article here, men only need two things, grilled cheese and sex, right? And he goes, I agree with the grilled cheese part, he says, right? And so I'm like, okay, cool. So we pay for our Slurpees, we go sit outside, and I said to him, I go, hey, you know sex isn't dirty, right? I go, you know what sex is? Are, you, are, are your buddies talking about it now in fifth grade? And he kind of is like, you know, like slip, and I go, okay, sex is something mommy and daddies do when they want to have a baby. Typically, it does mean they're getting naked. The daddy's penis goes into the mommy's vagina, and that's how they have a baby. And he's like, is that how you had me? I'm like, yep. He's like, is that how you had Chase? I'm like, yep. And he's like, so you've done it twice? I'm like, yep. (laughs) Probably going to do it again, too. you You see how this works? You talk about it again and again and again, And the idea is you open this dialogue with your son or daughter where they see you as the main teacher. You are their model for healthy sexuality. If you're not ashamed, they won't be. If you don't stick your head in the ground about porn, neither will they. They'll start seeing it and pointing it out. You want to look for teachable moments at every point of their life. And believe me, life provides plenty. Some plan, some not. And what I want to do is invite my wife, Colleen, up here to talk about this fourth point of teachable moments because she has a unique perspective as a woman and a mother. Would you welcome my wife, Colleen? You're a sweet girl. Thank you, sweetheart, for being here. Let me pull a chair out for you. You put up with a lot. Does she put up with a lot? She puts up with a lot. Um, and I wanted her to come on up because I've been talking about our son who's younger, and, but that's the kind of the male perspective. But our daughter is now older. She's 12 years old, as I said. She's a lot more mature. She's now in middle school doorstep of becoming a teenager. What does this conversation look like for girls? How do you carve out time to talk about it? Yeah, well, one of the things that Chase and I love to do is to shop, and that's um, an opportunity for us to talk a lot. We'll be picking out clothes, and she'll see a dress and say, oh, mommy, I love this, and it'll be too short. And I'll say, well, honey, you know, it's a little bit short. What do you think? And she'll say, well, I don't know. And I'll say, well, let's try it on. What I don't want to do is just shut her down and say, no, that's too short. It's inappropriate. We're not doing that. So what I try to do is I try to have a dialogue with her. And um, we'll talk about things. And she might try it on and put it on and say, oh, that is too short. 
I do talk to her about what you wear sends a message to mm -hmm. people and you have to be aware of the message that you're sending. And I'll say, is this, is this the message you want to send? And we'll go back and forth. I see you guys, you guys like to watch The Voice together. You ever yes, watch that kind of do. show? Yes. But I see that you guys talk during that sometimes. We do. Sometimes people are dressed, um, you know, quite provocatively on those shows. Like Gucci <laughs> and, um, yeah. and we'll talk about that. I mean, yeah. anything that comes up, there are things, Chase will say something's inappropriate, and I'll ask yeah. her, why? Why do you say that? Yeah. So that it can be her own, and yeah. she can own it. Music and media provide a lot of teachable moments um, that we find in our house. It's funny, we were watching as a family the other night the, the movie Elf. You've seen the movie, Will Ferrell movie Elf. I love that movie. Funny movie, watch yes. it. But we, it's on the family channel, and we turn it on, it's at this point where one of the main characters goes, oh, you were watching me naked while I was in the shower. And we, we you have one of those things where you can like hit pause like while the TV's doing it. And, uh, and we hit the pause, and we're like, what's the problem with that? And, and Del's like, uh, they took a shower. I was like, no, they, what? <laughs> And, uh, and my daughter's like, it's inappropriate. You're never supposed to look at somebody in the shower. And, and he's like, yeah, never let somebody look at you. I was like, exactly. I was like, you actually will be arrested for being a peeping Tom. We talk about this stuff when we watch television, when we watch movies together. Nature provides uh, sometimes opportunities. Do you remember our mission trip in February? This yes, yes. This was so embarrassing. We're in Nicaragua and giving a hygiene lesson, and Chase comes running over to us, and she's like, Mommy and Daddy, these dogs are fighting. They're fighting. And we could hear this, like, screeching, guttural noise. And we go running over, and let me just tell you, they were not fighting they at were... all. <laughs> I think they were quite happy about what they were doing. Yeah. But here we are, the three of us. Yeah watching these dogs and I'm yeah. like, oh, good grief. We're, like, we're like, they're not fighting, honey. She goes, it looks like one of them is winning, you know? And I'm like, I, I understand. Yes, yes. But it's funny because if you grew up like in a rural environment in the Midwest, right? You grew, if you grew up on a farm, you're like, I can't believe you guys have to talk how to talk about this because mating and reproduction and sex is always in front of you and it provides all these lessons. We don't live there. We live kind of in an paved environment. So you have to be very intentional about it. I got this uh, email from another mom, Kali. I want to direct this your way. She wrote, besides telling my daughter no until marriage, what's the most important thing to communicate to teenage girls about sex? Well, it, Tim's explained to you that our daughter and son are very different. Our daughter's matured a lot faster, both physically and emotionally. And I think one of the most important things that we can do is elevate the conversation. Mm. Um, it's important to not just say, don't do this, don't wear that, this right. is wrong, but to actually get to the issues behind the surface mm -hmm. and talk about self-worth and identity. Mm -hmm. And I know you've been recommending a ton of resources during this series, but I would like to recommend one, if that's sure. okay. Um, this is a book a friend of mine gave me. It's called Enough, 10 Things We Should Be Telling Our Teenage Girls. It's by Kate Connor. Um, she is great. She's a 28-year-old Christian writer, blogger, and um, she had a post, a, a blog post that went viral. She got two million hits in two weeks. And she's basically talking about 10 things that we should be telling our girls. It was, uh, she's got a big punch, a big impact. She does it all with grace and truth and love. And uh, I've really enjoyed little, it. Can you give us a I, little sample? Because it yeah. is, is, is very interesting. Okay, so I'll tell you my favorite so far is if you choose to wear shirts that show off your boobs, you will attract boys. To be more specific, you will attract the kind of boys that like to look down girls' shirts. If you want to date a guy who likes to look at other girls' boobs and chase skirts, then great job, keep it up. <laughs> if you don't want to date a guy who ogles at the breasts of other women, then maybe you should stop offering your own breasts up for the ogling. All attention is not equal. You think you want attention, but you don't. 
you want respect. Mm -hmm. All attention is not equal. So, you know, the idea here is that we're elevating the conversation to deeper issues of respect, of reputation, of self-worth. That's, that's good advice. Where does the title enough come from? Well, and this is my favorite part of the book, and really what we're trying to teach Chase is um, her main point is you're beautiful. You are enough. The world we live in is twisted and broken, and for your entire life, you will be subjected to all kinds of lies that tell you you're not enough. You are not thin enough, you're not tan enough, you're not smooth, soft, shiny, firm, tight, fit, silky, blonde, or hairless enough. Your teeth aren't white enough, your legs aren't long enough, your clothes are not stylish enough. There is a beauty industry, there's a fashion industry, there's a television industry, and most unfortunately, a pornography industry. And all of these have unique ways of communicating to bright young women you're not beautiful, sexy, smart, or valuable enough. You must have the clarity and the common sense to know that none of it is true. None of it. You were created for a purpose, exactly so. You have innate value. You're loved more than you could ever comprehend. It's mind-boggling how much you're adored. There has never been and there will never be another you. You're beautiful, you're valuable, you are enough. Amen. Amen. Preach it, Mama. I love it. I love it. You know, that's, that's a deep message about identity in Christ. And realize this, parents, the best safeguard for a teen's chastity really is to know that she is unconditionally loved and accepted by her mama, by her father, by her family, and by God. Teens face a lot of messages and pressure, but you need to be encouraged because it really is the safety and security of a Christ-centered, grace-based home is more powerful than culture. So the idea of elevating the conversation, that's tip number five. Number six, Colleen and I often say, just you need to share your story. I think a lot of parents are nervous about because they you've made mistakes and you're like, I don't want to talk about my past, you know? But you gotta share the good and the bad. You gotta leverage the victories as well as the failures. So if you made mistakes sexually or you did stuff that you aren't proud of, you know what? You need to let them know the lessons that you learned the hard way. You need to talk about regrets that you have. Yes, and in my family, my mother had me uh, eight days after she turned 18, so very young. And we talk to our kids about that. We don't hide it. We don't hope they won't do the math and figure it out. We hit it head on, and we let them know this is not ideal. Uh, it makes things a lot harder. It's not the right order of things. It's not God's design, but it is what happens. So we do talk about it. It's funny. I, that kind of blew me away because in my growing up in our uh, family, again, we didn't talk about the stuff. And if there was something that wasn't in line, you, you ignored it. It was the elephant in the room. You don't talk about it. Uh, for instance, my parents, they got married after dating for three months. They didn't let my brother and I know until we were in our 30s that they dated for three months because they were worried maybe it would influence us to make they a snap to decision. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, so we dated eight years, right? Yeah. Nice job, right? There's always a boomerang effect, right? Okay. I, I but mean, you need to talk. It would have been helpful if she told that it story. It would have been maybe. helpful. Just a you little. Know, but not just the bad, you got to communicate the good. So if you handled sex with integrity during your teen years or your college years, you need to let them know about that. Colin and I, we have openly told our kids, you know what? Mommy and daddy didn't have sex before marriage. But it was hard. It yeah. was a real struggle for us when you're dating like that. So we don't want you dating earlier than, you know, 30. 
Uh, (laughs) The key that calls really helped me really is you got to be honest. You got to tell kids the truth. You want to tell them the truth, especially if they're asking you. Um, When Chase was in third grade, she had a play date with her friend Rachel, and they were playing Barbies, and she came home, and she was all fired up. And at the dinner table, she said, Mom, I was playing Barbies with Rachel, and Rachel said that Barbie had a baby, but Barbie wasn't married. And I told her, you can't have a baby if you're not married, because that's what you told me. Isn't that right? And so what did you do? So Tim, his oh, I, back I, immediately like, goes up. It is up. on. I'm like, I'm like, well, in Genesis 1, there's a covenant between a man and a woman. I literally, I just like open the Bible. He I was did. like, God's design. He, did. he la, la. took I out did. the Bible and he starts like doing this spiritual tap dance, right? <laughs> and when he finished talking, I turned to Chase and I looked her in the eye and I said, honey, I'm so sorry, but Rachel is right. No, you don't have to be married to have a baby physically. That can happen but God has a design. And then we went into the larger conversation. But she needed to be able to trust us. And to trust us, she needed the immediate answer of, did I win this fight or was I wrong? She needed to know, was I right or I wrong? And you have to be able to tell them. Yeah, she just wanted the facts. And that's the thing, I'm always like, teachable moment, you know, but sometimes it's actually just facts. And we kind of create, we have a kind of cardinal rule in our home, and that is, is that no topic is off limits. Colleen and I are dedicated to making our home where you can ask any question. There's no like out of bounds when it comes to questions that our kids ask. In fact, that's a question somebody asked. I won't read your name. Somebody said, how nitty gritty should I be, Pastor Tim? Do I tell my kids about masturbation, orgasms, and oral sex? You want to answer that? No. (laughs) Uh, Here's the deal. In, In middle school, in high school, the answer is yes, you have to. These things are either implied or directly talked about in television shows and movies. So again, your kids are going to hear about them. That's just a fact. No matter how much you want to shield them, protect their innocence, you have to get there first. So understand, if your son or your daughter has ever masturbated once, what that means if they've experienced an orgasm, they realize, like, I can have sexual pleasure, and they deserve to know what that is, what the purpose is, and then how you walk with integrity. You need to answer their questions directly. Will masturbating make you blind? No. Will masturbating send me to hell? No. If I masturbate to porn, will it hurt me? Yes, actually. It's an easy on-ramp to addiction. It's mental adultery. God says, you know, when you do that, actually, you're objectifying other men and women in that. Now, again, you got to put that in their language, obviously. But this sounds crazy to some of us. Here's why. Some of you are boomers, and you're like, I don't believe this. This is crazy. Or you're a Gen Xer like me. With millennials, the very definition of sex is being changed in the last 10 years. What is the meaning of is, is, you know, you know where this started. Many young people don't even believe that oral sex counts as real sex because it's not intercourse and it can't produce babies. That's mind-boggling to a lot of previous generations, but one middle school teacher told me, Tim, you got to talk about this because girls who are 10 and 11 in our school are being asked to do this by the boys. We've caught them actually in locker rooms. We've caught them in stairwells. Oral sex is this generation's goodnight kiss. Parents, you actually need to explain that oral sex is sex. You have to be very clear about this. Remember, what is the arbiter of sexual norms? God's word, all right? If you look at verse 21, it says, for his ways are in full view of the Lord. He examines all your paths. So in other words, God's word defines sexual norms. It's not culture. It's not music. It's not your friends. And so you have to be super clear about this. There are Christian teens who feel that it's okay to exchange naked photos with their dating partner because they're not having intercourse. I have talked to Christian parents who discovered their daughter giving uh, oral sex to their boyfriend while wearing a purity ring that their father gave them. So parents, you actually have to define in detail what sex means in God's eyes and what's appropriate. Assume nothing with millennials. 
especially in this generation because morality now is kind of on the sliding scale. Again, I get, right, it's awkward. It's hard for us to admit that our kids are sexual beings. We would rather believe that, you know what, we, they're like, they flip a switch at 28 when they get married, right? You know, and that's, but obviously, you know what, you don't bring up, you know, oral sex, orgasms in your first sex talk, but it will come sooner rather than later. It actually did with our daughter. So Kyle's done an amazing job talking with Chase about this stuff. Sex is not, not the issue. And I was just like, you know what? I talked to Dell about porn. I should talk with her, especially because she, she comes to the adult service. She's going to see me holding up these magazines, right? And so I said, Chase, hey, let's go to Starbucks. She gets a mocha. We go sit on some bleachers. I go, hey, I just want you to know, on Sunday, I'm going to be holding up these magazines. I go, and basically, this is like pornography. And she's like, well, why is it out in CVS? I'm like, because people don't define it that way. But basically, the boys in your school are going to be going crazy for this stuff. They're going to have them up in their lockers. Have you seen stuff like that? And she's like, they got Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, Dad, right? With Kate Upton. I see it all over the place and everything. I go, well, here's the deal. Boys are going to start going more and more crazy for this. And they're going to want girls to, to, to do this, actually. To, to, you know, this is their, their main thing. She's like, boys are gross, Dad. I go, it's, it's true. Uh, I said, but girls... <laughs> But girls aren't immune, and so it's so funny, right? So I take the Cosmo, I go, girls, like, like, yeah, I get that like, they're actually not naked, but like, they'll talk about it, and as I'm flipping through this, it flips on one of those advice columns, and she, her, her eyes land on the highlighted one that says, my boyfriend is pressuring me for oral sex, and she goes, what's oral sex? And I'm like, uh, I am like, no, you know, like this is backfiring on me. I was not prepared to talk about it, right? But this is that moment, this is that moment. Either I backpedal and do a little uh, tap dance and talk to your mama, or I lean in. And so I leaned in. I said, oh, you know what? Oral means your mouth, and oral sex is when somebody puts their mouth on another person's private parts. And here's the deal. Boys love that. They're going to want girls in your grade to do it. And she's like, boys are the worst. I was like, it's absolutely true. I said, but this, this, is, what, this is what they do. And she's so funny. She goes, she goes, like, she goes, I can think of two girls who would do it too. David so and so, and she starts naming these other girls, and I'm like, "What are their names?" You know, kind of like I'm gonna block them from all email, you know. So we finish our drinks, we head back to the truck, and I'm like, "You know what? We actually had the conversation about this." And I walk into Colleen, and she's like, "What happened?" I go, "I'll tell you later," you know. Uh, but I said to Chase, "I go, look. All I'm saying is, you gotta have a game plan. Just to go over this, Chase, one more time. If it's a boy or a girl, what do you do if somebody tries to expose you to something like this?" And she says, "She goes, I'm gonna tell him too late." my father already showed me porn. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, that's not what I want to tell you, no. She literally she said, said that. that. I was like, she said that. Let's, yes. uh, Yeah, need to backtrack. Backtrack, Colin, yeah. you're, ta yeah. you're talking there. That's yeah. not what, the big idea. <laughs> we're, out of, we're out of time. I want to give you the final tip in talking to kids about this kind of stuff. Here's the deal. Guiding principle for us, whatever you say, whatever you do, no matter how awkward it gets, your one goal is to earn the right to have the next conversation. That's the number one goal that Colleen and I go into these conversations yeah. with. Our whole purpose is to get trust from that child and earn the right to have the next conversation. So we pray, we ask the spirit for courage, for discernment, freedom from shame, and then we go for it. And the entire dialogue has this goal in mind. Have I earned the right to talk about it again and again and again with them? Because we plan to talk about this with our kids for the rest of our lives. We are in this for the long haul. This is what we signed up for as parents. And our whole goal is that we can communicate together. We're the safest people on earth yeah. when it comes to discussing sex and touchy subjects. We're opening this line of communication and then believing that God's going to honor this and deepen our dialogue as our children mature in their faith, as they follow Christ as young adults, and one day, Lord willing, start families of their own. 
It is a big task, parents, okay? It is a challenge. It is a calling. No one said it's easy. It's going to get messy. But you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can give you wisdom and power to teach your kids how to live with purity in a pornographic world. Amen? Can you thank my wife, Colleen, for coming up here? You're an amazing lady. In fact, would you, would you pray for us, Colleen? Let's uh, all our campuses bow our heads. Would you close us in prayer? Dear Jesus, um, we thank you so much for who you are and how you love us, Lord, in all of our imperfect ways. And we are imperfect people, imperfect parents. And we ask for your wisdom yes. and direction yes. as we try to guide our children through this world, Lord, filled with sin yes. and evil. And uh, Lord, this is an uncomfortable subject. It's um, awkward for us. Mm -hmm. I pray that you give us the courage and the strength just to be able to move forward yes. and walk into this, Lord, and shine your light in a very dark area. We believe, you in, uh, we believe in you, Lord, and thank you for all these things. In your holy and precious name, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.